0: Number one for the one and only Trouble with a break. Brew and a friend bleed orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us, DDNVR. We are DNVR. Woo hoo hoo! Welcome,
2: welcome, welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this wonderful Wednesday. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. What a big couple days we got coming up in Broncos country. We find out the Broncos schedule tomorrow night at 6 p.m. We're going to be doing a live show, breaking it down right when the schedule drops. We've got rookie mini camp coming up this week and we've got a great conversation on deck today and before we hop into the show gotta tell you about our presenting sponsor DraftKings. we're right now they're giving you a chance to bet five dollars to win a hundred and fifty dollars in free bets all you have to do is place a five dollar bet on any nba money line for this playoffs and you get 150 dollars in free bets if you do so download the top rated DraftKings sportsbook app now and use promo code dnvr when you sign up to get This can't-miss offer. My boy, Mace, how are you doing today?
1: I'm fine. I'm just uh, currently uh, uh, working with the abacus right now for uh, Mm. for what we're going to
2: discuss today. You're crunching some numbers? Yep, I am. And today... This week has also been a really good week in the Mile High City. It's been an MVP week. Of course, on Monday, we found out that Nikola Jokic is going to win MVP. Then Tuesday, uh, there's some national people starting to jump on the bandwagon of Russ being the MVP in the NFL. So MVP is in the air. We talked about, you know, would you take 3,500 yards, 35 passing touchdowns from Russ for this year? We all said yes for his his best season as a Bronco. Ryan and Mace said yes. I said no. So we were kind of talking numbers, <laughs> talking MVPs for Russ since he doesn't have any. And why don't we just jump right in, Mace, and talk about what an MVP season would look like for Russell Wilson. And I want to start off this conversation, Mace, by asking you... Where you think he should be in terms of uh, how should he rank among others? Should he be in the top five? Should he be in the top ten entering the season? Uh, and, and I'm going to base this off of uh, our friends over at DraftKings. Where, where would you put him?
1: Okay, I mean, just in general, in quarterback quality and in where you say he he stacks up. Well, he's he'd be behind Aaron Rodgers. Okay, he'd be One. behind Patrick Mahomes. Two. He'd be behind Tom Brady. Three. Um, He'd be behind Josh Allen. Four. And five is maybe where you kind of get into the conversation, but I think kind of given what we learned last year, especially in um in January, I'd say he's behind Joe Burrow. So I'd expect, I'd say a reasonable expectation is second half of the top ten.
2: Okay, Mace, I mean, you're pretty much right there. So you had him right at sixth. Mace, there was one other guy that's
1: that's better. And I I didn't we could get into others because you could argue about Justin Herbert. You could argue about Deshaun Watson when he gets back to Cleveland. Uh, You could argue about uh, about Matthew Stafford, for example.
2: No, Mesa, and you're you're right there. You were pretty much spot on. There was one other guy that DraftKings, at least, and DraftKings is just where the odds are. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're right and you're wrong on this. There was one other guy that they had ahead of Russell Wilson, but you got the other five. It's Justin Herbert within the AFC West. So they had Russell Wilson coming in with the seventh best odds to win MVP. And like like he kind of went through Mace, I think that's probably right around where he should be kind of a borderline top five is where he is at plus 1400. I'm going to go through those odds on DraftKings really quick. You're right. Josh Allen, number one plus 700. So he's got Two times uh, the odds of winning than Russell Wilson. Patrick Mahomes at plus 900. Aaron Rodgers at plus 1,000. Justin Herbert is tied with him along with Tom Brady. So Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, all plus 1,000. You have Joe Burrow checking in at plus 1,200 and then Russell Wilson coming in at plus 1,400. Now, he is a little bit ahead of Matthew Stafford, who's at plus 1,500, of Dak Prescott, who's at plus 1,600, and maybe the most interesting guy on this list, Mace, Jalen Hurts at plus 1,800. He's in the top 10, which is pretty crazy in my mind.
1: Well, I mean, I think it's a different metric when we're talking about MVP odds versus uh, best quarterback sometimes you see Certainly. sometimes you see someone like like that who they you say all right well we've put the pieces around him and maybe he's going to explode maybe take that next level it's sort of the unknown thing I mean remember two years ago there were some pundits out there who were suggesting that drew Locke might be an MVP MVP <laughs> candidate because of what the Broncos had brought in at receiver so that that's where you kind of would get into saying oh we could if if he flourishes with those targets we could see him be that dark horse MVP every almost every year there's one quarterback that you that is a dart that is that dark horse who who gets some action from coming in out of nowhere and a couple of years ago it was Locke and last year it was and this year it's Galen Hurst
2: yeah, yeah, it, it, you're right, and uh, I would way rather put my money on Derek Carr at plus twenty two hundred than Jalen Hurts at plus eighteen hundred. And I'm an Alabama guy. I think Jalen can have a really good year this year, but MVP, I'm not quite sure about that. So now let's get let's get back to Russ Mace. What 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 are some numbers that he has to do in order to be in the conversation and, and win it?
1: Ooh, I'm still finishing calculating those right now. Um... Well, let's just take, we've had, we've had nine consecutive quarterbacks be
2: MVPs.
0: Okay? Mm-hmm.
2: Last Point. one, last non-quarterback, breaks my heart to say this, Adrian Peterson mm-hmm. when he beat Peyton Manning, although in, in my mind it's, it should have been Peyton.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, we were still in an environment where 2,000 yards got you uh, the MVP, no questions
2: asked. And we've had one 2,000-yard rusher since Derrick Henry. And he didn't get it. he didn't win. Right. You know, if that precedent was set by Adrian Peterson by just getting 2,000 yards, and it was believed if he didn't get it in that final Mm -hmm. game, then he wouldn't have been the MVP. If he got the 2,000 yards, then he was going to get MVP. Then then that should hold true because getting 2,000 rushing yards is still quite an accomplishment, and Derrick Henry did that. Okay. All right, I'm going to start with touchdowns here. And this is like, this is...
1: The this is the ticket for entry. Mm. Um, in seven of the last nine years, the MVP has accounted for at least forty total touchdowns. That's touchdown passes for and touchdown runs combined. Uh, Aaron Rodgers last year thirty-seven touchdown passes, three touchdown runs. Uh, he accounted for fifty-one the year before. Lamar Jackson, forty-three in twenty-nineteen. Mahomes, fifty-two in twenty-eighteen, and then a couple of exceptions with Brady and Ryan. But then Cam had forty-five and fifteen. Rodgers had 40 in, in six, in fourteen, and Peyton Manning in his record-breaking season, fifty-five touchdown passes, one touchdown run. So I'd and so, say, so re- really I would quickness. say the minimum, the ticket for entry is forty total touchdowns. Okay, and really quick, you said there was one year where Brady didn't have forty. He had 32 touchdowns, 8 picks, 2017
2: when he was MVP. This is MVP years only. And that was uh, that when Carson Wentz, Caleb and I were talking about this before the show, that's when Carson Wentz seemed to be the MVP until the final three weeks of the season when he got hurt. And Carson Wentz was on pace to have the touchdowns. So, to add to your argument mace uh i think that, that helps your argument that the the one year that tom brady didn't have 40 touchdowns and one mvp carson wentz was actually on track to become the mvp uh and, and i think we lost mace there but i I, li- I like that that 40 touchdowns to get in the conversation and that's something that when we talked about this a couple of days ago on this show i pushed back on the notion of 35 touchdowns for Russell Wilson. I would not take that for his best season as a Bronco because I think he's capable of 40 touchdowns. And in fact, we've seen him do that once. He had over 40 touchdowns and 11 interceptions in a single season. Uh, And in my opinion, Russell Wilson and his time with the Broncos should win MVP. He should be in the MVP conversation multiple years when he's on this team every year. No, not necessarily, but he should be in that conversation. And if he does, it is getting 40 touchdowns. And so what, what I want to do now, when we wait for Mace to come back, I want to look at the stats of the past couple of MVPs that the, that the NFL has had. Of course, the past two have been Aaron Rodgers last year. Aaron Rodgers did not lead the league in passing touchdowns. That was Tom Brady. He had 43 passing touchdowns. uh, And Aaron Rodgers actually only had 37 passing touchdowns. But with the rushing, like May said, he topped 40. So Aaron Rodgers had the fourth most passing touchdowns in the NFL. He had 4,100 yards uh, through the air. He had a 68.9 completion percentage, which was the second best in the NFL, only to Joe Burrow. And his QBR, though, best in the league, 69.1. And passer rating, best in the league, 111.9. And here's the kicker. Aaron Rodgers had four interceptions. Four interceptions last year, which for a starting quarterback was the fewest in the NFL by far for a starting quarterback. So, boom, you got to get 40 touchdowns and then you have to have just a couple of interceptions. At least that's what Aaron Rodgers' formula was the past two years. Mace, I'm just going through the numbers of, of the most recent MVPs and pointing out how, yes, Aaron hit that 40 threshold of touchdowns. He didn't. You don't have to lead the league in touchdowns. You just have to hit that threshold, and then interceptions being minimal was really important for Aaron Rodgers, and then the year before that, it was the exact same thing. Macy hit that 40-touchdown threshold. He had 48 touchdowns. And two years ago, he only had five interceptions. So really minimizing that risk uh, and, and those mistakes makes it so that you you don't have to, you don't have to lead the league in passing yards. You don't have to lead the league uh, in passing touchdowns because Aaron Rodgers didn't, d- didn't do that. He didn't lead the league in passing yards and touchdowns his two years.
1: Yeah. The other thing, I mean, you look at the, Last year, he had 5.3 touchdowns for every one interception. The year before, mm-hmm. 9.6. The only quarterback in the last nine who was MVP who did not have at least a four to one touchdown interception ratio was uh, Cam Newton. He was 3.5 to one, but he had the 10 rushing touchdowns, which is right. the most for any MVP candidate. So, basically, if we t- if we take total touchdowns instead of just touchdown passes. And uh, and then do it by the touchdown interception ratio. Then the minimum the minimum entry is four to one. So if so, not only does Russ have to account for forty touchdowns, he's got to have no more than ten interceptions. That, that yeah. that's that that's that is the maximum he could have with exactly forty touchdowns. Of course, he had forty four touchdowns. He could have eleven interceptions. But then the other thing that we're not uh, noting here is if he does that what if someone else does it and does it a little bit better because Mm-mm. because like 2 years ago Lamar Jackson had seven touchdown had seven touchdowns for every one interception in terms of total touchdowns including runs seven touchdowns generated for every one pick
2: and mace it's a really good point you got to get 40 touchdowns combined and also that four to one interception touchdown to interception ratio uh and you can even make the case that just through the air you have to have that four to one touchdown to interception ratio while lamar had the seven to one including runs that year he had exactly four to one through the air 36 touchdowns through the air nine interceptions in fact in the past four or five seasons Every single MVP quarterback uh, has had at least a four to one. Patrick Mahomes has had the most interceptions for no, MVP he had, season. He had six
1: interceptions that year. Who did? Well, Lamar Jackson. He had nine interceptions in twenty twenty. He had six in twenty nineteen.
2: He was six. Um, to he was six to one. You're right. You're right. You're oh, right. Yeah. His you're touchdown right. percentage which, which was, was nine. Which was even better. which was even better. Uh, And there was one guy in the past five years who has had more than 10 interceptions and won an MVP. That was Patrick Mahomes when he had 12 interceptions. But, by the way, he had 50 passing touchdowns, Mm -hmm. so he even beat that 4-1. to So that's what you're looking at. And here's the good thing about Russ. He typically has over a 4-1 to to touchdown-to-interception ratio. He does. Now, that being
1: said, let's see what happens when you have an offense that is tailored more to his skill set and probably tests uh, defenses deep a little bit more, that is one thing that may spike the interception rate a little bit above his, his norm. He might have more, it tu- might have more touchdowns, but it might be that he ends up with something like, 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 let's say he's got forty-two touchdowns. Well, it might well be fourteen interceptions. Now you'd be perfectly happy with that. If, if you're the Broncos, consider what you have, what you've had before. You'll be ecstatic if he has 42 touchdowns and 14 picks. That's a that that is a three to one ratio, though, and that probably takes him out of MVP of
2: MVP consideration. And that's kind of what happened in 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 a couple of the years when he was in that race. He led the league in passing touchdowns. Mace in 2017, he had 34 passing touchdowns. He had 11 interceptions, and that is not that four to one. However, in 2018, he had 35 touchdowns to only seven interceptions. Bingo, that hits that threshold. In 2019, he had 35 or 31 touchdowns to five interceptions. Bingo, that hits that ratio with flying colors. Two years ago, 40 touchdowns. However. 13 interceptions that does not hit the four to one ratio. And then last year he wasn't close to 40 touchdowns, only 25, but only six picks as well. And when you look at Russ's career, he has more seasons under or fewer than 10 interceptions than he does seasons of more than 10 interceptions. Right. And so,
1: I mean, I think it's, I think it would, it would not surprise me if at some point if he has the MVP, but I don't. I don't see it as. I don't see it as likely this year. I. Mm. I, I. I. think someone else gets it. I think so. other quarterbacks are going to have slightly better seasons. I mean, again, the, the standard is is just. It's very high to be an MVP, and you're asking a quarterback to come in first year in a scheme, first year with the coach, first year with the receivers, and someone who hasn't been MVP before. Unlike uh, Peyton Manning, had been the MVP what uh, three times in Indianapolis uh, when he came to Denver. Uh, Russell Wilson hasn't reached that level yet. So I think uh, asking him to do it this year is probably a really big stretch.
2: May, this may be uh, too much of an ask off the top of your head, but do you know the last time a, a player won MVP his first season with the team Um, or if it's ever been it's- done?
1: I can. I, I don't know off the top of my head. I can find out. I can look up uh, MVPs here really quick. I actually because have-
2: when when you when you do that, Mace, yeah. you know, uh, of course, we've talked about and brought up how the past two years a team that has a new quarterback has won the Super Bowl. That's not the same case with MVP because Aaron Rodgers has taken that the last two years. Tom Brady did not get it when he went to the Buccaneers. And of mm-hmm. course, Matthew Stafford did not get it last year with the Rams.
1: Yeah. I mean, you obviously had uh Mahomes Patrick Mahomes in 2018. It was his first year as a starter, but right. not his first year uh, with the team. And so right. let's see. Uh, even like Kurt Warner was on the Rams roster as a backup quarterback in 1998, the year before he won it all in 1999. So yep. not him. Uh, I'll put it to you this way. I'm, I'm back at, I'm all, all the way back at 1984 right now and I'm not there. There you um, go. So, and that just that, yeah, that shows that it's, yeah.
2: it's difficult to do to, to your point, Mason. Also when we talked about uh, the numbers I threw out, would you take 4,500 passing yards and 35 touchdowns for Russ this year? We all said, absolutely. Without a question. Uh, that doesn't hit the, the forty passing touchdown mark, Mace. I think. By the way, oh, it did happen in something? nineteen. It happened in nineteen sixty eight. Okay, so and that, it years. happened in
1: nineteen sixty eight, and then it happened eleven years earlier. Jim Brown was MVP as a rookie for Cleveland in nineteen fifty seven. Okay. In, in nineteen sixty eight, it was it was a backup quarterback who came in. It was Earl Marl who came in for an injured Johnny Unitas and threw 26 touchdown passes against 17 picks, led the league in touchdown passes, led the league in yards per attempt, yet led the league in yards per completion, and that was an MVP
2: season. And wait, how many passing touchdowns? 26. 26. How a about different, that? It was a different time back then. It, yes, it, how the times have changed. Yes, yeah, so... That, that, and I, I think I think there's there's two more wrinkles to this, and one of them I think is really big, and I want to get to those. But first, I got to tell you about our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery where they are celebrating the Avalanche playoffs and the hometown craft beer of the Avs by doing something really cool. They want to give back to those that have supported the community. Uh, they want to support the community, and they want to give back to the Avs fans by giving away Avs tickets to a pair of community. Unity stars each home game during the playoffs, even in the Stanley Cup Finals. So they invite you to nominate a stellar community member and Avs fan who should get the chance to celebrate at a playoff game this season. Each home game, they're going to hook up one person and a friend with tickets gear to match. And of course the drink of the season, the avalanche ale and Breckenridge brewery will also donate a portion of all proceeds of sales of avalanche ale through the playoffs to the community fund Boulder County to benefit the Marshall fire victims. This is so cool. What Breck is doing. They are giving back to the community and they're also allowing fans to go to games. So if you want to nominate a community star, Go to Breckbrew.com, and you can find the link and exactly how to apply from there. And, of course, get some Breckenridge beers yourself. The Avs are rolling. Might as well get in on the Avalanche Ale with Breckenridge Brewery.
1: Also, get in on the DMVR bar, of course, the watch parties, at least for the Avs. We're going to have to wait a few days. On that, as uh, they wait on the start of the second round, but still plenty of things going on at the DNVR bar. Anytime you come on down, you can get big beer for the price of a small beer if you're a DNVR member. You can have some food. Some, you know, actually, it's if you want a more mellow DNVR bar experience, come down when there isn't a watch party. And sometimes I know, hey, sometimes you want to have fun, you want to cheer, but sometimes it's just nice to have a, a good a, a good meal in a good environment uh, w- without all the hubbub. And so, come on down to DNVR bar when there isn't. A watch party, and of course, if you are a member, like I said, big beer for the price of a small beer, and then of course discounts on merchandise. And one of the big reasons why you should become a DNVR member is the fact that if you become a DNVR member, you get a free T-shirt and merchandise discounts. So if you love all the stuff being cranked out at the DNVR locker, all the great T-shirts and, sw- and swag and all that, then you become a subscription to you become a subscriber to DNVR then you basically you pay your subscription pays for itself with what you get in t-shirts. So check all that out, become a DMVR member today
2: and also make sure to check out our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook where like I told you earlier they are giving you $150 in free bets all you have to do place a $5 bet on any NBA money line playoff game you get $150 and you get all of the winnings that you earn off of that bet and you can also use that $150 to bet on more NBA playoffs you can use it on a Russ future bet of plus 1400 to be the MVP you can use it uh on the abs to win the Stanley cup and their odds are just getting worse and worse because they are looking better and better. You can do so many things over at DraftKings Sportsbook, including creating your own same game parlays if you want to get in a parlay but you want it all in the same game that is what DraftKings is doing with their same game parlays and they are making a big incentive to do those they're giving you a free bet back up to $25 if one of your parlay legs doesn't hit in the same game parlay you must combine three or more legs in the same game parlay and if you bet you can get $25 back if one leg doesn't hit so there's some insurance to go make a same game parlay over at DraftKings Sportsbook. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get $150 and just betting $5 on any NBA team to win their game. That's $150 in free bets over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See draftkings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 RMA. So I said there's a couple more things we need to get to and I think there's one that is very, very important, and it kind of revolves around the Nikola Jokic debate because when the news broke this week that Jokic was going to be named the MVP, so many people across the country that didn't like that thought it should have been someone else. Said, "Well, he's not playing anymore. Uh, it should, it shouldn't be him because he's not in the playoffs anymore." And uh, what those people don't realize is it's a regular season award given out to the best player not to the best player on the best team. It's given out to the best player. Now, typically, your team has to be good in the NBA in order for you to get it. You typically have to make the playoffs. But in the NFL, Mace, it's different. You pretty much have to be the best player on the best team at the quarterback position because what we've seen the past five years is exactly that. You have to go back to 2016 for the last time there was an MVP who wasn't the one seed in their respective conference not just division conference that is what we're looking at Matt Ryan was the two seed with the Falcons when he was the, named the MVP in 2016 and 2017 and 2018 and 2019 and 2020 and in 2021 the past 5 years every guy that has won the MVP has been the number one seed in their conference Wait, muted.
1: Well, if you want to go back a step further um and look at at MVPs. Not only is uh is it usually the one seed. I'm 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 trying to find out honestly the last time an MVP didn't make the playoffs. And I'm scrolling down the list here. Uh I'm at Oh my gosh. I mean, we're already, (laughs) has it, has it ever happened? 1973. Wow. And you know why that was OJ Simpson becoming the first 2000 yard rusher in NFL history. Wow. In other words, to be an MVP without being in the postseason, And, and then they had a winning record. You have to be so transcendent that you literally have to do something that's never been done before. So for example, uh, and the other thing, if so, for example, if you're a quarterback, you'd have to set the touchdown pass record potentially to be an MVP without going to the playoffs. But the thing is, quarterback is so tied to success that if you break the touchdown pass record, you're going to the playoffs unless right. you have the worst defense in the history of the league. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, really, you're going to have, you're going to, ha- and as it's become a quarterback award. I mean, not only is Adrian, not only Adrian Pearson 10 years ago, he's the last non quarterback to get it. But he is the only non-quarterback to get in the last 15 years. Mm
2: -hmm. It
1: has become a quarterback award, and there's no position more tied to team success than quarterback. So basically, uh, that's why, honestly, Zach, I think MVP needs to be changed. and Maybe it either needs to be called MVP and then have Offensive Player of the Year be a non-quarterback or call it QB of the Year. That's what, that's what this award is, but that that is what this award has become as the game has become even more quarterback centric than it already was.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it just shows you that you have to, so Mace, we're kind of getting to some numbers. You got to get 40 or more touchdowns. Got to have a four to one touchdown to interception ratio. And you have to be the number one seed uh, in the AF or in the AFC, the entire AFC. And that's going to be really hard for Russ to do each year. Now, I think he's going to accomplish that a couple of years in his tenure, but it's hard to go into uh, every single year, a single season and say he's going to do that just because the Chiefs uh, are going to be super competitive. The Chargers, the Raiders are going to be super competitive. We're not just saying win the division. We're saying win the AFC. And one thing we talked about is how this division can cannibalize itself by being so good where two or three teams, maybe even four, could make it into the playoffs each year, but what's going to happen is it's going to be two 11-win teams, uh, a 10-win team, and a 9-win team. You're not Mm -hmm. going to, it's not going to be as easy to have that 13-14-win team, whereas in another division, you could see a team taking off and having 14 wins because their division is just so bad.
1: Yeah, I mean, who is the favorite Who on the betting odds right now? That you mentioned earlier. Who is the the current number one choice for MVP?
2: Josh Allen.
1: Okay, well there you go. In a division that does have another team that made the playoffs last year in New England, and has a very interesting uh, team in Miami that uh, has had a couple of winning seasons in the last three in the last three years. At the same time, that's not the level of competition that you're going to see in the AFC West. Buffalo and Josh Allen should win that division by a couple of games. And certainly with all respect, due respect to the jets, those are probably two free spaces on the board. When you play the jets, two free spaces that do not exist when you're playing the AFC West. And then on top of that, in interconference play, you draw the NFC West, which means you have to play LA and San Francisco and Arizona. So Mm -hmm. It all, it, just, it all comes together to make a lot of sense for Josh Allen to be the, the favorite. And honestly, even though we have not seen a non-quarterback BMVP in a decade, the guy I'd have kind of as the dark horse who might even settle in behind there, and again, similar thing, not a great division, could go off would be uh, would be Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis
2: Mm, and Jonathan Taylor I'm happy you mentioned a non-quarterback mace Mm -hmm. because he has the best non-quarterback odds to be MVP tied with Cooper Cup Debo Samuel and Derrick Henry all of those guys are at plus 5,000 so still way still long odds there's still long odds but very long odds. If he gets off to a good
1: start and the Colts get off to a good start, and again, if, they, if they, their thing is, for whatever reason, they can't beat Jacksonville and Jacksonville. If they ever figure out to be, how to beat Jacksonville and Jacksonville, then two wins over Jacksonville, two wins over Houston right there is, a, And then at this moment, based on what's happened to the Titans and the move they, moves they've had to make, I'd say that the Colts are a better team than the Titans. You may disagree. I would take Matt Ryan over Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. Eh, spe- sure. Especially, especially, ha- especially both are handing off to alphas at running back. Yeah. But Ryan Tannehill hasn't done much of anything without the alpha to hand off to. Whereas Matt Ryan, he's had some good running backs, nothing like Jonathan Taylor, and he's had some excellent seasons. So that's why I'm going to say that's part of why I'm going to say Matt Ryan's better than Tannehill. Um, but Indianapolis, if they get going, it's unlikely that it's going to be Matt Ryan having an otherworldly season. Matt yeah. Ryan might be a comeback player of the year candidate if they have that kind of year, but Jonathan Taylor is probably going to be the the guy that's carrying the load. I I, I don't think there's any, and I don't think there is any, um I don't think there's any non quarterback was better who can legitimately set be said to have a chance to MVP because, Oh, by the way, Cooper cup last year had that kind of season that no receivers ever had. Right. In terms yep. of overall accomplishment, yep. he still didn't get MVP. There was a moment where a receiver could have gotten MVP based on doing something unique in NFL history statistically, and he didn't.
2: Yeah. And, and that's why if I was going to bet on two non quarterbacks, it would only be Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry. I think they're both going to have very similar roles for their team, Mm -hmm. just carrying the team. But I I think Derrick Henry is going to have an even bigger role in that of carrying the team. So I put my money on Derrick Henry. I think you you make a totally fine argument Mm -hmm. uh, doing it with Jonathan Taylor as well, but I completely agree. There's nothing a wide receiver can do now because Mm -hmm. you know what, if that wide receiver has a monster season, they're just going to give it to that quarterback who is throwing him the ball because this is a, a quarterback award. And really quick, Mace, while we're on the topic, on the Broncos, there is someone that is getting MVP odds that you can bet on for a non-quarterback. Guess who has the best odds, according to DraftKings, to be named the MVP whose name is not Russell Wilson? Jerry Hudy Bingo, yeah. Jerry Judy at plus 10,000 who had no touchdowns last year. Think which about is, that, which is
1: crazy. It you know is what?
2: Absolutely crazy.
1: There, there's a even though he did return from injury in the second half of the year, there's a comeback player of the year
2: candidate. Mm-hmm. If yeah. He has that kind of seats. So. Yeah, yeah, seriously. And yeah. uh uh Jose guest Javante Williams. Javante Williams is on here, he's at plus fifteen thousand, so pretty wide gap between Jerry Judy and Javante Williams. Uh and what's what blows my mind is that Jerry Judy is ahead of Tyreek Hill. In the MVP uh, d- discussion, which is just crazy, it shows you uh, what DraftKings thinks of Russell Wilson in a good way, and what they don't think of Teddy Bridgewater uh, and Tua down there is so pretty pretty crazy to look at. Uh, but Courtland well, Sutton, by the way, yeah, plus thirty thousand. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, uh, on the Dolphins'
1: uh, Twitter account, uh, they had a hype video of Tua throwing to Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. And the ball is underthrown, and you can, you, the Tyreek you can see when he catches it is coming back for the ball. <laughs>
2: it reminds me of last year yeah. during uh during the uh teddy and drew uh battle when i think it was like a closed practice or something mm-hmm. and they showed the defense getting an interception but they didn't show the quarterback that threw it in really? their video clip but the quarter but Teddy bridgewater was on the sideline yeah. standing next to Brett rippon so everyone was like wait it was drew who threw it because the other quarterbacks were on the sideline that may have been the most pathetic moment of the
1: last five years of uh uh, or six seasons of being in the quarterback abyss. Yep. Sitting there looking at a Broncos hype video from an OTA practice, <laughs> watching it like the Zapruder film. Yeah. Pausing it and saying, like, back into the left. Back into the left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. The depths uh, we had to I, go through in a quarterback I battle. Don't miss that at all. I don't either. And Mace, there's one more thing when talking about Russell Wilson. He has never received an MVP vote before. I think that could change this year, even if he doesn't win MVP. That will certainly change in his tenure with the Broncos. But we had some people debating this earlier in the comment section. Why? Why hasn't he ever received an MVP, MVP vote? Do people not like him? I actually think that will be a benefit to him now because you know a voter fatigue I think Aaron Rodgers is really going to have voter fatigue this year Tom Brady he's probably been the MVP uh, more than just the times he's won the award uh, but people just don't really want to vote for you uh, after you win it time and time again just why Bill Belichick doesn't have like 10 coach of the year awards I think Russell Wilson's going to benefit from the opposite of that I think people are going to say Russ has never had an MVP. I'm going to give him a little benefit of the doubt. Uh, And Russ also is going to be in the spotlight so much more, not only nationally televised games, but he's been in the spotlight maybe more than any other quarterback in the NFL this off season. He's going to, he's already got so much attention. He's going to get more attention. And on top of that, Mace, He's a good guy. He's an easy guy to like and to cheer for. So I think the intangibles, Russ is actually going to get a big boost from that this year. Well, the
1: other thing also, the the voting is different in the NFL than in other sports because you don't have first, second, and third choice in the NFL. The way it's done is you vote for the MVP, and that's it. You don't have a second choice. You don't have a third choice. So if you had second and third choice, I'm sure we would have seen Russell Wilson over the years at various points get some votes but that hasn't happened by the way back when peyton manning became the most recent denver bronco to win mvp in 2013 did you know that his selection was not unanimous
2: wait who say that again
1: peyton manning 2013 when he broke all the records there was one vote for tom brady who had Uh. 25 touchdowns and 11 interceptions so he had 30 fewer touchdowns and one more interception than Peyton Manning.
2: Get out Somebody here. voted for Tom Brady
1: over, over Peyton Manning.
2: Think about that. that. When, when that happens and especially in baseball before there was, you know, one unanimous guy that is for for the hall of fame. Those people need to be stripped of their rights right away. Cause clearly they don't know what the heck they're talking about. Right. I, Peyton should have been a unanimous choice. And he yeah. wasn't
1: Lamar Jackson was a unanimous choice, but he should have wow. been, he should yeah. have been, that was it that the, the 1200 rushing yards over 3000 yard passing 36 touchdowns, and then seven rushing touchdowns. He had a unicorn. He had a unicorn year. If you do, if you have the type of year that we haven't seen before from, from any, from any position, especially the quarterback position, we're talking about MVP. You should get, you should be a unanimous choice.
2: Yep, 100%. But and yeah, if Derrick Henry... Should,
1: yeah, Peyton should have been unanimous.
2: If if Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor run for 2,500 yards this yes. season, even though there's 17 games, they should be the... And, and take their team to the playoffs, they should absolutely be the unanimous MVP.
1: And you know what? Because of 17 games, 2,500 might be what it takes. Right. To be Seriously. MVP, let alone unanimous. If yeah. You're, if you're... Ta- now... Now with Jonathan Taylor, the thing, maybe it doesn't take that many yards, but it might take something audacious. Like what, what, I wonder what, what is the record for yards from scrimmage for a player?
2: Mm, It's a good question.
1: All right. NFL. I'm going to, let's see. We're going to get out the, uh, NFL I don't want career leaders pro football reference I want see, I want season
2: <laughs> single career. season
1: single season all right let's go let's put this in the UNIVAC here all right the record is Chris Johnson back in 2009 2509 by the way that year Peyton Manning got uh, uh that was his fourth MVP guys fifth when he came to Denver so I th- I think I was off by one when I mentioned uh, that that earlier so 2509, and he didn't get the MVP. So that that is the all-purpose yardage record. And I mentioned that because Jonathan Taylor, part part of his gift is being an excellent pass catcher. You might literally have to be talking about 2600 yards from scrimmage for Jonathan Taylor to where he's even to where he's in the MVP conversation. By the way, Christian McCaffrey, third all-time in yards from scrimmage in a season, 2392 back in 2019, and he didn't even get a vote. Because of Lamar Jackson. Because again, it's all about the quarterback. And Baltimore was really good that year. Carolina was not good. So, the other element of that, what we've talked about, your team's got to be great too.
2: Yep, exactly. So I I don't even think it's yards from scrimmage. I think it's just pure yeah. rushing yards. That uh that that is crazy. And with all of these numbers if you need something just to uh to, to relax yourself, check out our friends over at Lightshade Dispensary where they are giving you 25% off all non-sale items by using the code DNVR whether you go to their website lightshade.com or whether you go in to one of their 11 Denver metro locations and they just opened their biggest location, the Barnum location It's one block off 6th and Federal, and it's their biggest store where they have specialty products not offered at other locations. They've got something for everyone, and they also have Ripple, which is a fast-acting dissolvable, clinically proven to hit two times faster than the leading gummy, and it starts absorbing within 10 minutes, so you can depend on a consistent experience every single time so check them out over at lightshade.com use that code dnvr or when you're in one of their 11 short stores use the code dnvr for 25 off all non-sale items all right mace shall we hop into the comment section and talk to the people and first we have one super chat coming in from our friend logan he says just made four grand this morning so i'm spreading the love and no, it's not from DraftKings. I'm not of age, LOL. Wow, Logan, I'm curious how you made $4,000 this morning without being of age to gamble. That is very impressive. I'm happy for you, and thanks for sharing the love. Work for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in in one no, morning. It, that's very impressive. In one impressive. morning,
1: or maybe he got paid Right. work right. That, he, that, that he had done. I mean, maybe that's, uh, I was thinking, like, you got to, you got, you got a side business and you're mowing lawns or something like that. And then somehow all the money came in. I don't know, but that's a, <laughs> congratulations. but congratulations. That's a, that's really awesome.
2: Yeah, it's really cool. And David's saying light shade of uh, sixth and federal. Yes, it's one block off sixth and federal. That is it, David. And congratulations, Logan. And thanks for sharing the love with us. All right, Mace, let's now hop into the comment section. And the first comment is coming in from Bronco Joe says, the question about how many bucks hats Mace has, has brought me out of the woodworks. I've got upwards of 100 vintage Broncos hats and always looking for something I didn't know existed or don't have yet. I must admit, through recent years I've worn them less and less, but I'm excited to go out this season with old school gear and hats. Let's go. Man, that is impressive. Yeah, like I'm if you go on eBay,
1: obviously it's a great source for that. You can find like uh, vintage hats. My, I guess my question is, do you collect like event hats? Like I'm looking right now, there for uh, thir- it's a pre-owned hat for thirty one dollars and ninety nine cents. There is a Super Bowl twelve hat, a trucker style hat. It's got the Super Bowl twelve logo in the middle, Broncos written on one side, Cowboys written on the other. Is that the sort of hat that you would uh, collect? Because that'd be pretty awesome. He's got to, I mean, he, he yeah. has to have that. He's got a hundred of them. If you search Broncos vintage hats, first of all, you get like, th- there are 1300 listings. That's hilarious. But you see all, you see like, uh, the, the classic script and even a corduroy hat. You have that trucker hat that I mentioned, the Zuba's hats from the early 1990s. I've got the bucks. One of that. Uh, that's a classic. It reminds you how, cr- how, how crazy some of the designs were from, uh, from past decades nowadays, like the draft hat, that's not a crazy design. It's just a bad design, but I love <laughs> how colorful the designs were uh, back in the, in the 1990s, especially. And I think one thing,
2: uh, one stoop Oh, no, Mace was just going to tell us a stupid hat and then he dropped off. We'll have to get his answer on that when he comes back. But when we wait for him, next one coming in from Kendall Hinton Hall of Famer. He says, I must have missed whatever RK's comment about fan bases that people keep referencing is. But if it's interesting, I'm a Broncos fan, duh, a Yankees fan. I'll be rooting for the Tigers, too, and a Mavs fan. Oh, a Yankees and Tigers fan, Kendall Hinton. Interesting, interesting. And a Mavs fan. That's like kind of on the border of uh of those big national brands. When you talk about the uh the Yankees, they're obviously one of them. Uh but but interesting. Mace, okay, you gotta tell us what 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 was the stupid hat? Stupid talent that I have? That oh, it if, was a stupid talent.
1: If you show me a picture of coaches from the nineteen nineties on a sideline and I see what hats they're wearing, I can Generally recognize any year.
2: Oh my goodness! Based exactly on exactly
1: what year it's going. Based on the hat design, I'm actually good on that. Probably up until about like uh, 2012 or so, in terms of being able to say, okay, well, that oh they've got that specific hat, so it's it, this must be a 2009 picture, for example.
2: Wow! Yeah. How
1: far back can you go? Uh, well, probably only back to the early 1990s because in the eighties, like you had the script hat that was really popular, but mm-hmm. that design and, and it's iconic, but they weren't changing them from year to year. Like you, that's the, the script design really held up from about you first start, started seeing it a little bit in like 1983. And that design really held up until about 89 or 90. Okay. And then every, and then they started to do different things with the script hat. Like, for example, you used to like, the Broncos coaches in the Dan Reeves days would wear the blue script hat with the aren't with Denver and Broncos in orange. And then they started doing different things. Like they had a white hat with the blue bill and the Bronco logo on the side of the hat. They, they started at the early nineties. They started realizing if we tweak this, if we start changing the designs year after year, we can make more money. And that's when you start seeing kind of the year by year coaches gear changing because mm, there was that money sense. there was money to be made in merchandising
2: it's always about money isn't it
1: mace and that's where we are now right i mean in fact like when they go to um when the, when they have the league meetings one of the things that coaches do is they sit down with the reps from uh, nike and from new era cuz new era does the caps and nike does the gear and they show them what the designs for this year's gear are, and usually the coach will say, "Well, I like that," and so that's how they'll determine kind of what polos and stuff uh, are, are going to be worn on the sidelines.
2: <laughs> Interesting. Like, oh, I,
1: I, I like that. That's good. That's that that sort of thing. And then, uh, and then, like for example, that's why you you sometimes see. One team's coach is wearing one polo and then another team's coach is wearing a, a slightly different design of of Nike polo mm. because it's like the coach. Usually the coach gets the, the final say on that.
2: Interesting. That's why it's called that. That makes sense. Danny with the super chat says, hey, guys, do you think Javante Williams can go for 2000 yards now that we have a pass threat Yeah, Mace is shaking his head no, and I agree with Mace uh, for multiple reasons. First off, this year, there's no chance um, because Melvin Gordon is going to be sharing the carries. Maybe it's not 50-50, but uh, Melvin Gordon's going to be getting way too many carries, and and Javante Williams is going to be getting way too many carries for either of those guys to get anywhere close to 2,000 yards. But let's say next year, it's just Javante Williams in the backfield. Still no. Uh, typically, when you have guys that are running for 2,000 yards, it's because their quarterback isn't doing much special. Now, a big exception, obviously, Terrell Davis with, with John Elwood. But you look at Derrick Henry. He didn't have an, a, a quarterback that was thrown for 5,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, 35 touchdowns. No, you you just don't see that when you have a good quarterback. And honestly, that would really piss Russell Wilson off. Not not that his teammate was succeeding, but Mace, in order to get 2,000 yards, you got to run the ball a ridiculous amount. Yeah,
1: more than you're going to do unless knock on wood, unless right. something happens to Russell Wilson. Otherwise, you're not going to have the opportunities. And then on top of everything else with Melvin Gordon coming in, like you mentioned, he's going to get his share. Mel- Melvin's not coming back to sit on the bench and carry the ball four times a game. Right. He's going to get his opportunities, especially in the red zone. I think what actually really may happen here uh, is uh, you might see Javante Williams with more yards, but Melvin Gordon being something of a touchdown vulture because mm. he because his vision lends itself to being more effective in the red zone. I mean that the one thing, you know, the one thing, the one big thing that was as advertised for Melvin Gordon in the Broncos getting him the last couple of years is. He is an excellent red zone runner. Probably in terms of red zone vision, I would take him at this moment over any other back in the league. At wow! That, at that specific skill, it's I, good I mean, skill I would, to have though. Right, I would take. Look, I mean, for overall, yeah, you take Derrick Henry, yeah, you take Jonathan Taylor, but at that one thing, red zone vision, vision in a, when you're on a compressed field and com- and defenders com- compressed. I think that is that that is the superpower that Melvin Gordon has.
2: Ooh, that is a good superpower. Next one coming, 5280PDX says, love this conversation. My birthday is close to the first game of the season, and as someone who lives a short three hours from Seattle and way too far from Mile High, my fiance keeps saying that she will get us tickets for the Broncos Seahawks if it's week one as a birthday present. If it happens, are there any other folks on the community who will join me? Well there you go. You y'all heard him. He will, he will be there, and uh, man, I, I gotta think that that is going to be a game where Seahawks fans actually aren't going to want to sell their tickets. So that's that's going to be a hot ticket to get, so that is a great gift from your girlfriend, 5280. Mm-hmm. And uh, another one coming in from Denver Rivals says, hey guys, thanks again for mentioning my kickoff party for my fundraiser for the Alzheimer's Association. I agree with RK that some of these team-specific bars pushing for other markets should show love to the Denver community. I agree with Mace ages ago that the future of sports media is focused markets that bring a personal touch to the teams. They cover us Broncos fans get sick of Sunday night football games where Chris Collinsworth goes on and on and on about the other teams and their defense. We haven't done much to prop up a lot of attention until this Wilson trade. My question for y'all today is, is What do you think the state of the team would be in 2011 if the 2011 Tebow-led Broncos missed the playoffs? It's crazy to think that we had to rely on Phil Rivers to get a win in the black hole to send the Broncos to the playoffs. I personally think that the Broncos team could have been 10-6 and if they did not choke against Kansas City and played better in Buffalo that year. DNVR fam, please donate to Denver Rivals and Go Broncos.
1: Yes, please donate. That is a phenomenal cause, and of course, it's very close to uh, the hearts of everyone in, in Bronco in Broncos country, especially uh, uh, with what Pat Mullen and his family uh, have have gone through with Alzheimer's. One thing though, 2011. First of all, it depends how much they missed the playoffs by. If they missed the playoffs by a game. Or if the rate, or if the Raiders win that game in in Week 17 uh, and go nine and seven, knock the Broncos out. I don't think there's any change in the Broncos because they would have been eight and eight, still seven and nine. If they're right there in that range, uh, that would have been still good enough to where Peyton Manning would have thought, "Hey, I can come in and be the difference here." I don't think that I I don't. So if they had just narrowly missed the playoffs. I think it's exact. I think the Broncos are in exactly the same spot yeah. uh, as they are, and that they would have gone that way. And the other thing I'll, I'll just say real quick on um on uh, on Broncos being ten and six that year, Buffalo destroyed them on Christmas Eve. I mean that wasn't close. That wasn't a winnable game. And Kansas City that also wasn't a winnable game. And the thing was, you had that this is where Tim Tebow was exposed. You had defenses that were disciplined enough to have their edges stay at home and not get caught behind T, behind Tebow, kind of for, forced him in the pocket, kept him from being able to take off, and that was it. This is why Tim Tebow was not a viable long-term NFL quarterback. Those the, those last few games of the season, really starting with Lovey Smith uh, for Chicago, a game that would have been won by the Bears if not for Marion Barber going out of bounds, uh, once you started seeing more discipline from the edges, that was it.
2: Mhm. Yeah, I totally agree with you Mace. I I don't think that uh that it would have changed if the Broncos yeah. missed the playoffs going 8 and 8. Now if they're 2 and 14, okay, yeah, I don't oh, think yeah. Peyton Manning sees this team as being one that he can turn around easily. I,
1: I'd say probably the 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 baseline would have been 5 or 6. And the, but the thing is the, the gift that John Fox had pretty much every year, but that two and fourteen year in Carolina back in uh, twenty ten was if he had he he'd figure things out to where they would e- to where even with shaky quarterback play, they would eke out about six wins. And um I think that if Tebow had been terrible and and just completely useless, I think they still, it would have been maybe back to Orton. It would have been maybe Brady Quinn. Uh, They would have, it was a good defense that year too. They would have found a way to win six.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And last one coming in from NJ Bronco eighty five says, "My boys haven't commented in a while, but listen all the time. Been busy firefighting here in New Jersey. Thank you. Just wanted to say to drop in and say, uh, you all keep me highly entertained and have single handedly kept me sane through the last few rough years.' So excited th- for this year. The last pod had me laughing with the name confusion, as my name is Francois and it gets butchered all the time. And I have a coworker's name who is Pavel." Love you guys and keep doing great. Thank you so much, New Jersey Bronco.
1: Thank you so much. And speaking of doing great Logan, who talked about his big profitable morning morning, he explained how he made all that money. He said, I create Star Wars replicas, mostly costumes, and I just consold a complete set of Mandalorian armor for
2: thirty nine hundred bucks. Wow. Oh, wow! That is awesome. That Congratulations, is awesome. Logan. Like That is way cool. Logan, thanks for letting us know uh, how you made that. That is that's really cool. Yeah, like I got. Is... I, I want. Are the are these life size replicas? What are we talking about here? I I, I would guess that uh, the that we're talking
1: about a life size a. Uh, set of a mandalorian armor maybe i mean probably i mean i wonder if, if it's something that you can wear or if it's just for display i mean like if it's if it's a set you can wear and like that can, you can be you can be
2: uh, a mandalorian for halloween man maybe uh, awesome. nathaniel maybe nathaniel hackett was the purchaser of those or maybe it was our very own andrew mason who knows oh i don't have uh I don't have that much money lying around right now (laughs) (laughs) to to be spending on uh, replica sets, man. That is awesome. So, Hey, if anyone wants uh, some star Wars replicas, you know who to hit up? Our guy, Logan, in the comments section. And thanks for uh, thanks, thanks for supporting Logan. us, Logan. Yeah. And that will do it for us today. Maybe we're off to go make some own replicas of our own. No, we're heading down to Dove Valley to talk to the Broncos. We've got an awesome couple days coming up, so make sure to stay tuned to this podcast. We'll be going live tomorrow at noon, and then, of course, for the schedule reveal tomorrow at 6 p.m. Brandon Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Thank you all so much for being with us. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the DNBR Broncos podcast
0: country drive Now understand that you need some time I know some landmarks we used to hit We're flying cotton